Coach Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. On this episode of Celeb Savant, I'll be speaking to Umi Nawaz. He's an artist and composer from North London. He has worked as a session drummer in various theatre groups and in the function band, The Sonic Pilots. He currently works part-time at Cherry Red Records. Coming up, Umi Nawaz from Cherry Red Records on Celeb Savant. I'm going to be speaking to Umi Nawaz from Cherry Red Records. Now, as you guys know, I like to speak to the people behind the scenes of getting the artists to us as the listening audience. And Umi is one of those people. So Umi, can you explain to us what your role at Cherry Red is? So my role currently is I'm working on a database which compiles all the songs that we we own outright in terms of rights that we uh, can use for sync, basically. So I'm just collating all the songs, putting them into the database with the MP3s and stuff like that. And uh, that'll be used, well, that is being used to push for sync. So we'll be using those songs on that database will be pitched for use in films and TV and video games, such. For those listeners who do not know what sync is, can you explain exactly what that is? Yes, it's simple. It's, it's a weird term, but it is just essentially just putting, getting music into film and TV and video games, adverts and stuff like that. Yeah, so essentially a music, so, so say a production's happening, any any kind of production that requires music, uh, it will take, they'll usually have a supervisor, music supervisor on board, and uh, those per- those people will be responsible for sourcing music. So they'll get, you know, they'll have a brief of what kind of music they uh, they need for the production, and the music supervisor, yeah, will, will use that, you know, information to find music, essentially, uh, and they'll usually come to record labels to do that. So I personally, I'm not doing the pitching. We already, yeah. like, long before I started there, there was a sync, there is a sync department. And so um, I'm just helping them out really. So as a person watching a movie or a television show or an advertisement, it, we just think, okay, cool. Boom, boom, bam, wham, bam, bang. There's the advert, there's a movie, there's a television show. Then easy peasy, mm-hmm. there's a song on. It's not as, it's quite a uh, lengthy process to, get that song onto that show movie or advert correct uh it it depends because what i'm working on it it's it, it can be more difficult every every song is a different uh animal every song is a different case let's, let's say it like that and every every production is obviously a different case but uh what my job essentially is is collecting songs which so when you when you're making a when you, when you're acquiring one of these uh, songs for your production, you're interested. You're looking at publishing rights and master rights. So you want to yeah. clear both of those. And the thing about those rights is they could belong to f- several different people. If if there's uh, five different songwriters on a song, the publishing is shared between all those songwriters. And so clearing a song for uh, your use in your film your production it's going to take clearing all of those writers all of those people who own who, who have rights on it it's going to take them to agree to it and and so the more the, essentially the more songwriters you have or the more the rights split up i think that's what makes it a very lengthy process 
that can, that can be what makes it difficult and uh, yeah, even sometimes impossible. If, if even if you got 99% cleared and 1% isn't happy with it, uh, it's not happening. So essentially what I, what my job is, is to collate all the songs in which Cherry Red own 100% of the publishing rights and 100% of the master rights. And we call that, that's called in, in I guess in the industry, it's called One Stop. So you oh, come yes, to yeah. us, yeah, and if that's a one stop, that's one stop, basically. And yeah. you don't have to go any further than that. Once we've said, yep, that's good, we're happy with that, then uh, you don't have to go much further. So when you say, it's, it's, is it a difficult process? Uh, I think yes, but there are, uh, what I've been told essentially is that more music supervisors are looking for more one-stop stuff because of because of that difficulty, essentially. The songs that are all one-stop at Cherry Red, does that mean that the artists fully recorded the songs with the Cherry Red owning the masters and uh, all the elements around it? Or how does it make it one-stop for Cherry Red? It's different for every song. Um, it, depending, Cherry Red... Don't have too many original recordings. A lot of these recordings are from acquisitions. So you would buy out, you know, maybe another record label has done these deals in the past and they might have, you know, in their contract owned all the rights for it, all the publishing rights and all the master rights. And then once we've acquired it from them, we, we take off, we take those rights from them 100%. So it all works in different ways. Okay. Yeah, I mean, every, I mean, it all just, it's, every song is a different case, essentially. There, there are other kind of aspects to it as well, which aren't, you know, you don't necessarily need to own them. There's stuff like licensing, which I'm, I'm not an expert on in any way, yeah. licensing, but I know that, you know, you can license a song for, you can license a recording and, and part of the contract or part of the deal is that you know you have a non it's non-exclusive so you can do whatever you whatever you like with it and um you know once you like for the for the period that you own it so if i license a song not, not with non-exclusive rights for seven years off of you and yeah. but i also own your publishing yeah then then and i buy your publishing and i license the song essentially for that seven years it'll be one stop because we we have sort of carte blanche to do what we want with it until the license expires we've seen over the last few years certain artists like big artists like bruce springsteen and so forth selling their publishing rights to a label for however million hundred millions of dollars then they mm. am i correct in my understanding that if movie a would like to use a bruce springsteen song then it will become one stop with that potential label is that, am i correct in my understanding if if the the same label also owns the master recording the rest of the recording as well, okay okay which is the master rights yeah so something like that i'm i'm assuming they would uh, I'm, i don't know too much about the springsteen deal but i'm assuming yeah whoever owns the recordings picked up the publishing and then that now that would be one stop and so going forward for those songs, unless Bruce still owns his master's recording yeah. rights, uh, going forward, if they wanted to put Bruce Springsteen's song in a advert or something, then that would be their decision fully. Tell us a little bit more about your other role at, at Cherry Red, being a <laughs> press officer. Tell us more about that role. Uh, it was, it's basically, how it worked for me was every month we would put out as, as you as you probably noticed, you well you remember uh, yeah. every month we put out um, a whole list of releases under Jerry Red. There's a lot of sub labels and they're all run by 
different people some of them yeah well most of them work externally basically so uh you know it's different labels for each genre we have metal we have soul reggae it sort of spans the board pop and um yeah so from there you know every month there'll be a whole list of releases that get put out yeah and what uh, what the press department essentially all we what we would do is we would sort of case by case basis depending on you know where the rights have come from some of the releases were cherry stuff that cherry red own outright some of them were licensed our job was to sort of get in touch with the artists a lot of the time i mean we do that we do marketing for everything but i think with the more the press side what we what we would do is uh try and get reviews essentially in 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 publications and and radio play radio play was just came under our umbrella but our main job was press so what that what that entails is essentially all it is is linking the publications with either the music or either with, or with the artists. So okay. you know we got a lot of publications all over the world. So you got like classic rock and people of rock and all this stuff. But we we mainly deal with rock rock magazines and uh, you know stuff like that, metal and stuff like that. So when you know we as you know we put out uh, our schedule and and we try and um, pitch pitch certain releases to different magazines saying hey can you review this we can send you x y and z wasn't that we weren't sending them money or anything they were very uh well the guy i worked for he was very he had a lot of integrity he never he's you know he never wanted to buy a review ever he said it did work on their own merit so we we would uh yeah pitch it to the pitch it to the publication say hey would you review this and some of them a lot easier than others some of them a bit more difficult but we're always willing to send as much materials as we can and then the second yeah and then as i said the uh, other half was interviews and sort of that kind of marketing and so we would uh yeah we we would go through those releases and look at right who is who is who who can we track down from these releases from the bands from the artists who can we track down get in touch with are they willing to do interviews who's who's uh interested in interviewing them and then just linking them up and just making sure everything went smooth really you mentioned without naming as mentioned <laughs> before so do you mean to say that other uh, other institutions would pay for reviews to happen uh, i don't i wouldn't say that i wouldn't even uh, uh, allege that at all um i think the game from what i know i, I only i only did it for a few years yeah. and uh, from what i know or from what I've heard, it's it used to be a bit of a different game back in the day, maybe okay. you know, 20, 30 years ago, I think. You always want to make friends with these people and you know, you do them favors and they uh, do okay. favors, they help you out, and yeah. you know, that, that kind of thing. It's it um it's 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 all building relationships with these yeah. people. So, you know, it's it's you know, the, I doubt I doubt in many changes cases money changed hands but yep. back in the day uh, I, I can't speak for how people got reviews yeah, yeah, or yeah. radio plays yeah, yeah. i've heard i've heard stories of you know uh, yeah yeah of someone you know turning up to a turning up to an office with a bag of drugs or something you know this kind of thing happens in this industry you yeah. don't you never know but I, I would never allege that anyone did that or yeah, yeah. any record label operates that way tell me about what it's like interacting with the artists you know, uh, organizing these interviews again without naming anyone—is it a fun? Is it do are they divas? Uh, you know, what is it like from your side interacting with those people? I, I have to say, in all honesty, act, interacting with the artists was my favorite part of the job. Oh, it cool! Really, okay. yeah. Honestly, like I, I don't think I spoke to a single artist that uh, that was a diva. Uh, some of them are 
a little bit preoccupied as in you, you, you know you're kind of looking for a straight answer and they, they haven't they're not able to give it to you but I, I always put that down as part of the fun and part of what what an art is supposed to be they're not it's our job to you know rein them in and sort of get them on <laughs> yeah. track yeah. and it's that it's not their job to do that it's their job and so uh it was always a bit of a you, you just never know what you're going to get and you know you have ideas about what people are like and then you start emailing them you start chatting to them and uh they're just they're just always very nice usually very nice so you got the thing the thing about with ours with what we do and i, I know a lot of other record labels do this as well when you when you're licensing it when you license a release or license you know, an album or something like that for a release, uh, there, are, there are various different contracts in place all to do with rights again. And um, some artists, if, if we had licensed some of their stuff, they, then they wouldn't be interested in any promotion because they weren't making anything off it or, you know, a lot, uh, yeah, I wouldn't just say that because they weren't making anything off it, I'd say it wasn't in their it, it best interest to be promoting old yeah. stuff. Yeah. A lot of them are working on new stuff and they you know, they say, yeah, I've, that's been in the past, I've done that, you know, and that's fine. And then some of them were completely opposite. You know, you'd, you'd uh, be you'd be released, re-releasing an old ha- album and they'd be really ecstatic about it and they'd be like, yeah, I love doing this. This was great. I can't wait. I'll talk about this. People want to talk about it. Let's talk about it. So it was, uh, yeah, just a mixed bag always, really. I think that was the most fun. That was the, mo- that was the most interesting part to me because it was quite unpredictable. And, and when you did get something and you did get a good lead um, or like a very cooperative artist, then it, you know, it was just made the job a joy. For those listeners who don't know, Cherry Red is and. Uh, Umi, please correct me, is a, a label that releases more, old, not necessarily new releases of artists, but they re- re-release older stuff or anniversary type uh, CDs, if it's 30 or 40th anniversary CDs. Am I correct in my understanding? Yeah, it's, uh, it's that, it, it, that would be correct. Uh, it, the, the output always changes. I mean, when, we, when the company started, they weren't putting out older releases and stuff like that reissues they were, they were putting out new stuff and they were, you know doing that kind of thing and i think as time went on they started looking back and it's uh you know that it's a sort of historical preservation thing and, and to to some of them you know they they would go back and there's in my opinion you know there's two there's two kinds of releases there was ones which uh which did really well at the time and so we you know we would, we would pick them up and want to re-release them, you know, get to find a new audience, whatever. And um, ones which didn't do as well as they should have at the time. Yeah. You know, it might've come out 30 years ago. It might've been a bit of a sleep, but my people might've missed it. And then, you know, so the catalog, the director of catalog would pick it up and want to re-release it again. So it could, could find a new audience and stuff like that. There's a mix of everything like that. And then also what something we call heritage acts, which are the more newer albums that we did. We did a lot of new albums, but they were generally by, well, they, they are they're generally by at, uh, artists that either you, you, you would recognize or artists that have been in bands before, you know, famous bands and stuff like that, that might've gone solo now. So they have a bit of, bit of a legacy behind them, yeah. basically. And so, yeah, so that was, so that that's that mainly you know comprised uh, what what we were putting out, but um, only recently, in terms of Cherry Red history, they uh, they we sort of we just sort of just bought a a, a metal label called Dissonance Records, Dissonance okay. Productions. 
connections and uh, that was some yeah, heavy metal fresh metal label and there's a lot of new artists on that label who are currently literally touring and yeah making new albums so so we were putting out their new albums basically so it was um yeah sort of a, mi- a mixed bag a mixed bag always actually it's a mixed bag. i think it just keeps getting more mixed as well basically the more sort of they branch out and stuff like that and yeah it's, it's hard to pigeonhole cherry red because you know they do what you know they do it's mostly known for its classic rock and prog but then there's a lot of stuff that you just wouldn't expect that to us to put out what we do and i think one of you one of the great things that you guys do and i do have the box sets that you guys put out there of artists who've been there have been around for a long time and I'm, mm-hmm. i'll mention artists now the kim wilde box set i've got her of hers with you know the career retrospectives that you guys do yeah i think are completely so cool and so amazing there's so much detail and so much care and so much you know knowledge planted into those different box sets how do you choose who to do those box sets for or do those artists come to you uh it's it's a strange one with kim wilde i know what to do how how we choose the artists is is usually usually what will happen is uh, one of two things is either the director of catalog he'll he'll acquire you know uh, sort of acquire some album or you know some catalog from somewhere which will include the stuff and then or, or or alternatively we would license the stuff you know and so we as i said before we've got all these sub labels beneath us we have you know uh, for example the kim wilde one is like cherry pop and yes. yeah as i said dissonance is the metal one and what you have for each of these labels you have someone who's incredibly passionate about that type of music i'm sure they're passionate about all types of music but they were, yeah. they would be very passionate about that type of music in in general and um have an idea they'd come up with an idea to you know i, I want to put out a, a, a debbie gibson box or something like that and then yeah. we would go about you would take that to the uh, licensing head of licensing who works there and uh he would yeah basically go about acquiring that stuff from another label go about licensing it from another label or alternatively if the director of catalogs picks something up he could it would then be given to a label manager of one of those labels the most appropriate one you know what i mean and then um go from there essentially but uh i never i never put any releases together so i, I really couldn't tell you the uh the, the thought process that goes yeah, into yeah, picking yeah. them yeah do you know what i mean i think yeah uh it's it's, it's sort of yeah it, as i said it's you know these things don't happen in some sort of order yeah. They, they really they really sort of just spring up in my opinion from what i saw <laughs> okay. they were just springing up you know you know from all over the place like, oh we got this are oh, we putting this out some kind of thing it was yeah so um which which makes it it's so interesting because it's all types of music all types of genres targeted to so many audiences niche audiences greater audiences so mm. it's about satisfying so many musical needs for so many so many listeners actually if you think about it yeah yeah it really was a diverse audience um i spoke to a lot of a lot of people you know customers and stuff like that and uh yeah they they really did span all genres and cherry red does really well to to um be as diverse as possible in, in its output and it, it goes to show really i think the love of the physical product is what unites all of them 
uh, which yes. is what Cherry Red does. It's Cherry Red's sort of yeah mo is you know putting out physical physical products, remastering stuff, you know, putting out a nice physical product for the present day, and um, hoping that people will people will enjoy it basically. And uh, yeah, I think once you once you once you've done that, people still love physical, which is which is great. So uh, once you once you've got that established, you, you can just sort of get as experimental as you want with the uh, output and yeah. you know, see if it buys. So I mean, obviously, not every single thing sells. Not not every single thing is a massive hit, but you know, it, it, that's not what every label that's going to be the case and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, things well, differ, I mean- but. For me, I love I love my CDs. I love the booklets. I love holding something. I love the aesthetic of look looking through the you know the pictures, the song lyrics, the Great. the energy of that exchange. For me, is yes, I've got my Spotify account. But what happens is every now and then I go back into the playlist that I've created for my spinning classes because I teach spinning and songs. Oh are wow! Just, yeah, so so song. So songs have disappeared. You know, songs have been removed. And I'm like, where's the song? It's now I need to find other songs <laughs> to replace it. Whereas if I've yeah. got the CD, it's always mm. mine. It's a, a way of saying thank you to the artists for their hard work of creating the music for the energy of it. It's an energy exchange. And that's what I love about the physical, especially in the, the CD space. I know CDs are making a comeback. Cassettes are making a comeback. Vinyls are already there. So it's mm. great to know that people still want to hold on to something and have that experience of having something tangible. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that. I'm sure they, they would love you to hear you say that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's basically, it's, yeah, you're, you're the exact kind of, uh, yeah, that, that love of the physical. I mean, that, to me always, it's just been the idea of um, having a collection. I mean, if you've got everything yeah. stored online or everything, if everything's just on Spotify, you never get to sort of look at your collection. So this yeah. is, you know, I've got, this is all the bits that I got, this is the bits I like, and I've got this at this place, and you know, that sort of thing. I'm, I'm quite a big film guy. I was quite a big film guy. And one thing that always, one thing that always bothered me about it was just the changing technology, how uh, you start a collection and then, you know, ten or you know, five, ten years later, they've something new formats out, and then you've got to restart the collection and stuff like that. So the fact that, the fact that people are still putting out the older formats, and yes. you know, your, your collections will always last there. Then um, I think that's a great thing. I'm going to put you on the spot now. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> so it's not necessarily your favorite, but yeah, five songs by artists that you love or listen to often to. Or in this minute, because naturally, if I ask this question to you in half an hour's time or an hour's time or tomorrow's time or two weeks time, it'll be a different list. So your five favorite songs or songs by artists that are your go to in this minute. OK, let's see. I say one is Take the Time by Dream Theater. Dream Theater. OK, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, second would probably be Roundabout by Yes. Yeah. Uh, third, maybe the the way I am by Eminem. Okay, two more. <laughs> two more. Let's see. Um, that's quite a hard one to come up yeah, with. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, let's see. Oh, stash by Fish. Okay, that's something I'm listening to at the moment a lot. As you can tell, I, I like my prog quite a lot. Yeah, and 
And I would say the last one would be Eastbound and Down by Jerry Reed. Brilliant. <laughs> nice, nice eclectic mix. Awesome. I, I like to think so. I, yeah. I, I quite like, uh, and I, I know I probably won't be a lot of many people agreeing with me on the prog side and the countryside and even the old school hip hop side. But, uh, but it's your, but that's the beauty of uh, having list, your own, yeah. it's your list. As a final uh, message to our listeners that are listening to all around the world, what would you like to say? I'd like to say, keep on listening to Barrett and uh, keep enjoying the music, keep purchasing, keep active, keep going to gigs. And yeah, to try not to take everything too seriously because I know these are weird times around the world everywhere, yeah. but we're, we're all in this together. And the, you know, the best thing we can do is treat ourselves well and take it easy and be good to each other. Brilliant. Love it. So this is Celebs Barrett Edelstein signing out.